With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games. You better pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. And welcome to the RHAP B&B for the premiere of Survivor Winners at War. I cannot believe we were actually talking about this episode, but it's real. It's happening, and we're here to get into some fun and games around this jam-packed two-hour episode. First, let me welcome in the co-owner of the B&B. We do have a pre-existing relationship. Just want to tell everybody up front, but just a friendship, Liana Boris. Liana, how are you? I'm good. Note to self, never play poker with you ever, just in case, for some reason. Oh, I'm a terrible uh, poker player, so you actually might want to do that. Well, I am too, so I think it's just a blind leading the blind type situation. Um, but yes, I'm I'm very excited to talk about this season. I agree with you. I can't believe it's finally here. I thought about what I was going to say for my intro line and the best I could come up with was just, ah, because <laughs> I'm just excited. And it was so surreal actually watching the first episode. And I'm so excited to talk about everything. And you very uh, genuinely vocalized the inner monologue of all 20 of these people as they were going to vote, just internal screaming at all times. And we'll certainly get into that. But we have to welcome in our guests because it's a very special episode and we got to bring in a very special guest who it's really odd and sad that the first boot of this season was a representative from the amazing race because we have in our presence a two time amazing racer and survivor fan in his own right. Corey Cool, welcome to the B&B. How you doing? Oh my gosh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, the, I actually didn't even think about that. The amazing race connection and Amber also. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so... I, you know, I noticed and I was not okay with any of this. <laughs> Yeah, the lone amazing. You have Rob still there, and you, you have Ethan still there. I guess he counts as a representative. He was in like two episodes of it, right. but I, there's a fair amount of representation. It just sucks that I think the biggest presence ended up going in this episode. Uh, but before we get into how it ended specifically, Corey, our new guests usually give a bit of background, their own survivor resume, if you will, as to when you got into the show, how you got into the show, you know, what you love about survivor. So, I mean, we're on the eve of 
a 40th season extravaganza. How long have you been watching those 40 seasons of Survivor? I have been watching since season one. Um, my grandpa, it's funny because I didn't start when the season started. Like I missed the first few episodes and, um, in Michigan where I'm from, I worked at my grandparents' restaurant and my grandpa and my aunt were constantly talking about the show and, and how great it was. And then I tuned in, um, in that first season, I think the first episode I watched was when Dirk went home. Um, so whatever part of the season that was, um, and I was hooked ever since then. I've seen every episode since then, uh, never quit never uh, gave up on it and yeah have been so excited for winners at war uh what are you most excited about for having all of the winners back it's so tough like i when you watch i think i forgot kind of how it was when it's like to have an all returner season because usually when the first person gets voted out it's like you've only really known them for what 30 40 minutes mm. so it, it's not necessarily a big loss unless it's somebody you know in real life um like watching the first episode, I was like, this can go uh, one of two ways. Either somebody that I, I want to go home or I'm going to lose a favorite right from the beginning. And and that's kind of what happened with Natalie going. Um, and it just I remember waking up Thursday morning and or just being like, this is sad. I don't want some of these people to get voted out. It's true, oh though. It's, I mean, this is, you know, this is a really exciting reality that we have been living in up until this preseason and liana you said it best on the bnb of like you really wanted to crystallize this moment where speculation ran rampant and there was so much you know praise going on for all 20 of these players because we knew inevitably these people were going to get voted out and they did and it's crazy we're going to have to get into it Corey. i know that it's so interesting to hear your survivor origin story because we actually have a fair number of guests who said that only a couple episodes after your entry point, which was the big merge episode where Gretchen left, was sort yeah. of like their start to Survivor. Do you hold a special place in your heart for Dirk like a lot of people <laughs> hold for Gretchen? <laughs> I don't. I don't. But it's funny because, I mean, I remember watching that uh, first merge episode um, of that season one. And every season, I always say the merge is my favorite episode. And, and because I think it is one of the first early ones. Um, my roommate and I always talk. He loved Gretchen. So I think he falls into that bucket of one of those people who loved her. I um, I just I want to go back to the thought about having, you know, Natalie leave for you, Corey. For me, I think I was just not emotionally ready to have to experience this every single week. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine if it had been one of my sort of top tier favorites. I mean, it almost was with Ken yeah. or Tyson going, I am. I was not prepared. I am not prepared. <laughs> I need to do something in preparation for next week just to be able to watch the show and not have constant anxiety for an hour, two hours or whatever. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's 100 percent like that when we were watching, like I said, we had uh, my roommate and I had some friends over to watch the, the premiere on Wednesday. And when they're debating in that first half of the premiere between Denise and then Adam and then it gets switched between Denise and Natalie I was like I'd love Denise and Natalie this is not gonna yeah. go well for me it's really it's really oh. killing your darlings for the most extent now let's open up some general discussion about this episode because I'll, I'll throw something out and see if we get any bites was this the best premiere in Survivor history uh I I would think it's it's up there for me yeah I mean it, it's always nice when you kind of hit the ground running and you know all these characters and you and you love all these personalities and you know who you're rooting for. Um, I, I would say it was up there. And then just the pace of the gameplay, it was such a quick 
episode and so much was going on and everyone was kind of scrambling. And a lot of these winners, we never really got to see necessarily scramble, I think. Um, so that was interesting, too, even with the um, Kim's point of view in the second half with her being like, I've never been on the bottom. I've never been in this position. It was interesting for me to see some of those people have the tables turned. I think if the edge of extinction wasn't here and you asked me that question, I think I probably would have said hands down. Yes. Mm. But I think because of the edge of extinction being there, it bothers me a little bit. So I'm a little bit more hesitant to say yes, definitely. I think it's also really challenging because I look back and I think of some premieres like Pearl Islands, for example, that premiere episode to me is really iconic for a lot of different reasons. And not knowing how the rest of this season goes and also being a returning player season. I think that there are some confounding factors. It's really hard to define, but all of that being said, I had a lot of anxiety ridden fun <laughs> watching these two hours. And to, to Corey, to your point about watching players be in such a uncomfortable situation and to see how many players were so nervous and knowing them from their seasons, being the more calm, mm-hmm. uh, collected players, that was really just bizarre to see. I love that because, I mean, I will admit that when it comes to returning player seasons, I don't necessarily like seeing, you know, this person 2.0 if they're going to behave exactly the same way. You know, I, I want to see changes and even watching someone like Tyson in their confessional go from his first season where he's like, yeah, it's fun to blindside people and make them cry to hear him being like, I don't want to cry on day one. I miss my kids so much. Like I love watching those transformations happen, but from a strategic perspective, it was so sad, but so interesting watching Kim literally collapse in the sand with how distraught she was <laughs> of being on the outs and having nobody talk to her. It's, it's a new type of game. I guess to go back to the question that, that I put out there, I mean, the heroes versus villains, premiere is probably the most comparable one because it's an extremely similar situation i feel like heroes Mm -hmm. versus villains has it in the comedy aspect i mean just the you can't compare these opening challenges right i know they're very similar but like between stephanie dislocating her shoulder rupert's toe getting broke and then uh not to you know besmirch one of your fellow season 31 uh competitors Corey. Or, uh, you know, <laughs> or sugar, you know, flipping the triple bird or the triple blur yeah. going on. Like there was so much great stuff going on here. But this was a really fun edited couple of hours where there were just so many like little moments. I felt like we got to see a good amount of everybody. Like you said, I think there was a lot more of some people than others. But I believe everybody got a confessional, which was good. I mean, they want to acknowledge the fact that these 20 people were here for a reason. There were fun little moments. I remember one that really sticks out to me was. Amber turning to a, a couple people being like, we should be getting rid of Sandra first. She's just going to go to people and say, your name is being thrown out. And that's how she wins. And immediately cuts to Sandra turning to Nick <laughs> and being like, they said your name. We can't allow that. And I, I love moments like that. I, I totally agree with you, Liana, about the fun anxiety of it all. It's almost like it's like riding a wooden roller coaster where you're having a good time, but you know how much things can break apart at any moment that you are sort of (laughs) genuinely fearing for your life a little bit as well. So it's a nasty cocktail, but one that ultimately gives you that buzz. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, There was just another really fun editing moment I want to mention when um, all the women were falling in the water when they were going to the very first island. And then the first line of dialogue is Tyson saying, you guys hit the ocean yet? (laughs) 
<laughs> which was just so funny. And I think I, I am now starting to realize who my favorites are based on when you start to see these matchups. Of, mm. Okay, the vote is between, you know, Denise and Natalie. Ah, crap. Like, then I have to start picking who I'm rooting yeah. for. And it's sort of starting to narrow people down. Like, I don't know, Corey, if if things are starting to pop out to you, who you're rooting for, how that's all making you feel. It's It's been so interesting. Obviously, there's players that we've, we've seen again since, or we've seen multiple times. And then a lot of these people, it's like their second go out there. Um, so it is kind of like re-meeting those people. And um, we were debating a lot of, of whether, which people... Uh, we're playing differently and who seemed like they've changed. And yeah, it's really, it's just so tough every week. It's I, I completely agree with you. It's going to be an anxiety ridden season. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever done this internet exercise where like there's a website where they pit two things against one another and then you choose the one that you like more. And then that determines a sort of ranking system. I feel like by that logic, that's how we're going to get like a list of the cast ranked preferably by likability from our own individual perspectives by the end of this where like you said leon if it's like okay natalie versus denise well i guess if i like denise more i guess that puts natalie lower on the list or vice versa so even if there were groups of people that we came in rooting for i feel like by the end just purely putting these people together is going to create this sort of stratification of yeah i guess in retrospect i did like this person a lot more than i initially thought (laughs) Yeah. Well, and like we learn more about all of these players now seeing them. So that's also helping to start to um, shift people around. Um, Like Ben was a little bit of a disaster. (laughs) So, you know, I'm learning more about Ben as a player, which may shift his ratings around a little bit for me. Oh, my God. Yeah, I got to say again, uh, while the heroes versus villains, you know, premiere might be one of the funniest episodes ever. There was a genuine moment of comedy there, Corey, where Rob just completely mind defs the hell out of Ben and, tra- and, you know, having him fess up that Danny was targeting him. Oh, absolutely. It's, he was clearly just like starstruck. And I, I think a lot, a lot of people when they meet Boston Rob are that way. And he's instantly just like, yep, yeah, let me tell you everything. Here you go. And you know what? I am not the first person to be, oh, I'm the biggest Boston Rob fan. He's such a great player. But watching him and watching Parv and Sandra and the players that really are part of that Mount Rushmore out there again, they were all so calm. Yeah. Like everybody else was freaking the F out. And they're just, they're there. They're chilling out. They know that they're targets, but they're still going to play the game. And I think it was that behavior that really stood out to me that marked them oh wow they're really great at this game they're really strong players and that was so cool to be reminded well yeah i think rob has that moment where they have this sort of old school quartet forming between ethan parvati danny and rob and rob has this really interesting soundbite where he says the new school players aren't taking time to have conversations Mm -hmm. which i think is a really interesting thing where you know a lot of people were thinking especially with people like ethan and danny who haven't played since the old days Will they adjust to the frantic pace of the new school game? And while they might disagree, I think that Survivor still sort of functions on a fundamental level of building trust initially by taking those moments to slow down and have conversations with people. And I think that's how, you know, even though Amber does get voted out here, the old schoolers have been able to prevail in some regard. They're not nearly as dead in the water as maybe we initially thought, because these new school players are just so frantically trying to find outs that they're not really seeing the forest for the trees as it is. 
Mm. I think also thinking a little short term too potentially could also be part of it. You know, just trying to get, okay, who are we going to get out next? What are we going to do? I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see the differences between how these players play. Um, I have to talk about bequeathing. Can we talk about bequeathing? Oh my God. You know what else really pissed me off? The champagne glasses. What about them? them? Did you, when they threw them on the island after the cheers? Imagine, yeah, if, imagine like, if the challenge what? after that was like, okay, you have to run into the water to the challenge. We have to go across that little sand spit where all the glasses. And like, what poor PA had to walk out there and pick yes. those all up afterward. <laughs> yes, thank you. I could not believe. Uh, and that was how it started. And then we got bequeathing. Oh God! Thing. <laughs> I I don't know why they chose this verb. Like you heard Jeff say it, where he's like. You have these fire tokens that you can will, and you're like, okay, will makes sense. We've used will before, or bequeath. And I guess, you know, we had so many twists announced during the preseason, but I guess one that really snuck up on us was introducing a new word to the Survivor vernacular of bequeath. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, was when Surve- uh, Survivor first debuted, I was like, I feel like they added the word sequester to so many people's <laughs> vocabulary. And I'm like, now, 40 years later, is it bequeath? Is that going to yeah. be the word that... <laughs> they bring that yeah they're doing it again they're like trying to bring back bequeath um i just have okay this is my vision for how i think it happened i think at some point during production they made the decision to print on all the pieces of paper bequeath and then they realized later what a stupid idea that was and they were like why didn't we just use a word like to give yeah <laughs> or were you will? going to give these two yeah, and so then they were trying to backtrack and figure out, okay, shit, how are we going to get bequeath into the lexicon? Oh, okay, we'll have Jeff say will or bequeath and then just shove bequeath down our throats for the so rest you, of the you, season. You think the word bequeath is like in big neon lights for the merge or something and they have to sort of work backwards from that so it's not completely out of nowhere? Or maybe it's maybe it's an answer to one of the puzzles. Yeah, it's, it's a metamorphosis moment with yeah. like a stacked puddle. They're going to have to write bequeath. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, funny. I also want to hopefully this spreads but i officially want to call you know when they after they're voted out they go and see all these little chests that have everyone's names on them i want to call those the bequeath boxes because that's where you bequeath <laughs> fire tokens to somebody else oh that's good i, think I felt you can make like it work. i felt like kim even when she was reading they did that clip of her uh, like <laughs> unrolling the scroll and reading it i felt like she was stifling laughter when she read bequeath because she was as annoyed as we were I 100% noticed that. I almost paused to try to see what everybody else's faces look like the moment she said that. Because I can just imagine them being like, bequeath. Like, you know, if everybody on the internet is mocking it as much as they are, I have to believe that the winners were doing the same. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let, let's start getting into uh, some of our traditions here on the BNB. And we're going to start with our sealed predictions. Of course, Liana and I made some predictions about how these winners would do preseason. We have sealed them up. And like a time capsule or a bequeathed chest, we are opening them up and receiving the prizes inside. As we mentioned before, uh, due to the edge of extinction, we didn't really make any placement predictions except for the winner. Because let's be completely candid, I think that almost all, if not all, these people are going to be on the jury at some point. So it really is pointless. But Liana, let's start with hailing from Corey's original show, Natalie Anderson. Shocking first boot. So I can only imagine how you thought she would do preseason. Okay, so I did say that she hits the ground running, but rubs people the wrong way early. 
Ben teaches her how to spit properly. <laughs> she she goes home with an idol in her pocket after being betrayed by Jeremy. I don't Ooh. know where that came from, but I was expecting something. Um, and then I predicted that she would accrue 22 fire tokens. <laughs> Which, oh, oh my God, um, have 13 confessionals. Her ally was Jeremy and her enemy was Adam. So at least that was kind of close. Here's what I will say about the fire tokens. And this is going to happen the entire season. I grossly overestimated how many fire tokens were going to be in the game. I legit thought they were going to start with maybe 10 or 20 fire mm. tokens. Not one. So, yeah. Yeah, this it's interesting. I, I know I asked you this offline, uh, Liana, but I'm, Corey, I'm intrigued to hear from you. Do you think we're only ever going to get like 20 fire tokens at most in the game at once? I mean, that's what I was wondering. So I paused both times when they showed um, the first menu when Kim was reading Bequeath. And then when Natalie was on um, Edge of Extinction, I paused to kind of read the menu boards as well. And yeah, some of those things were five, five or six tokens a piece. So it's like that's a quarter of the tokens that are in the game um, to like buy a hammock. So, yeah, I wonder if there's going to be other ones that are hidden places. I have no idea. Hmm. Can you pool your tokens? Did they say that? Yeah, so I'm assuming for the tribal stuff, like the ones that they got back at camp with that menu, I'm assuming that's pooled, where like an advantage in the challenge is like a tribal advantage in the challenge. Because yeah, otherwise, if especially if you're supposed to sell them as Sandra did in this episode, like you won't be able to get four fire tokens for a challenge advantage on your own. You're you're gonna have to put some together. Yeah, okay. Huh. How do we get more? Well, here's my bigger question. Do we think that with this menu, there are no more reward challenges? I would actually be okay with that. <laughs> I just no, I wouldn't. Like, I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. You don't want to see Applebee's or Outback Steakhouse <laughs> out there in the winter? I'm going to bequeath you some Applebee's, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, Matt, you just take, take some like chicken wings and shove them into one of the boxes for somebody to open up later on. <laughs> I'll sell you these for a fire token. Um, no, okay. I just want to explain my thoughts and my indecision. I'm okay with removing reward challenges in the beginning of the game. However, I like that they influence the social dynamics towards the end of the game and it makes people choose and it determines who your allies are and I want to keep that. Okay. Mm. Yeah, done. because I mean, I was just looking at the menu and you see like coffee and pastries. That's something they usually play for. Pillows and blankets, something they usually play for. A A tarp. tarp. Yeah, something they usually play for. So I wonder if maybe initially in these first episodes, maybe if they start going down to three tribes, they'll bring back the reward challenges. But I wonder if at least in these first few episodes, they're going to be like, "Eh, you guys have been around the block before. Like, you don't need to compete for this stuff. Let's make sure every challenge has stakes. And in this case, the stakes is going to be immunity, (laughs) not not a literal stake that costs three fire tokens. Not Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> much to Sandra's chagrin. Um, I also have to imagine if you're a producer on the show, you want the fire tokens to be spent. You do not mm. want people to just hoard fire tokens. So if by removing all of the reward challenges and almost forcing people's poker hands <laughs> to spend their fire tokens, um, that could be uh, one type of game mechanic that they would really, really want. Or just maybe the reward challenges are fire tokens that they then spend oh, on whatever they oh, want. That's yeah, I could see that too. <laughs> could you imagine Jeff pulling off the tarp and be like, want to know what you're playing for? And it's just like a stack <laughs> of five fire tokens. <laughs> uh, uh, 
So uh, I, for, as for Natalie, for me, I said she would get in the most fights out of anyone this season, which I guess has yet to be seen. Now that she's officially this season's reign, maybe it will happen. I said she would win at least one individual challenge because she's Miss CrossFit. And I said that she would bring in a third close ally with her and Jeremy and call them Triply and become triplets. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say who it was? No, because no. I, oh, I, I did. I did closest ally was Jeremy, and I did uh, biggest enemy was Tony. And I said I think I said that she get like five fire tokens, which again uh, it remains to be seen, and about twenty confessionals. So again, that remains uh. to be seen. But I think I think we both expected like Natalie to go at least going mm-hmm. back to like our preseason draft. We expected her to go at least pretty far. I don't think I I would be hard pressed to say anyone out there in the Survivor community who wasn't spoiled would think that she'd be the first boot out of this season. Yeah, I did not expect her to be the first boot at all. So that was a complete shock. I legit thought it was going to be Adam. Uh, it was not Adam. It was Natalie. And that was sad. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised it wasn't Adam. I mean, good on Adam. I think he did an amazing job pivoting onto, you know, hey, don't suspect this alliance of Denise and I that walked away for five minutes when there's, uh, you know, a, a group of friends or a marriage as he says as he pounded his two hands together in confessional which was really funny so i'm i'm happy to see confessional adam back because he's constantly at a 10 and it's really fun to see just like mixed in amongst all the other confessional givers adam was so funny at the well when he was like when i think who who was it was it ben who told him that he was going to be the target or yeah. something like that I remember he's like we went off just gosh you guys it was just like one time <laughs> we're trying to find the well <laughs> or maybe it's like that spongebob meme with the upper and lowercase letters yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was what i pictured Oh, boy. Um, okay, so Amber, moving on to Amber. Um, okay, I had I had predicted for her that she would be immediately targeted due to her relationship with Rob. That was a gimme. Um, she liberally spends her fire tokens on trinkets for her daughters, <laughs> and she just wants to make the family visit to see her children. Tyson wants to be the only one to see his kids, so he votes her out instead. And I said she would have 58 fire tokens. <laughs> Again, you really totally overshot wrong. it. Uh, well, I mean, you weren't wrong about Tyson voting her out, considering that I believe he, he A, literally voted her out, and B, threw her under the bus to protect himself. True, yeah. Um, and then Ally Rob, obviously, enemy Tyson, and Confessionals 8. But yeah, these fire token numbers are also on the low end for my fire tokens. I'm really 50s scared. 50s on the low end? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. It's gonna get worse, you guys. Yeah, you're predicting like them to fall out of the sky at one point. Yeah. It's not good. Uh so we yeah. even keep all of those fights. You know what? In retrospect, what the <laughs> hell was I thinking? Should there have been like should there be like a safe at Tree Mail where they keep them all in little baggies? Those little like coin purses yeah, that they exactly. used to get like, at the bank. <laughs> or yeah, those rolls, right? Where you like put them in the rolls. Yes. Yeah, like, oh, we gotta take some time today to roll our fire tokens. <laughs> be like, okay, good. I have six months salary and fire tokens. I can invest the rest. <laughs> like, I, wonder, I don't know what I Could it be like the auction happen. where like the auction memorably you get to keep whatever money you don't spend? Could they convert these fire tokens at the end to cash? <laughs> I don't think so. That it, would actually I think that would be interesting though, because that would be like a big decision, right? Of like, okay, do I keep these now and possibly get more money later, or do I spend them and get advantages in the game right now? Yeah, but what okay, what would be the exchange rate? I don't know, like 
I was going to say, if it's anything like The Amazing Race, they take the money from you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah imagine like you start the game and they like open stream like okay you have two fire tokens for this segment of survivor <laughs> yeah oh my god if you yeah otherwise they get taken away that would be so sad um so i i said that amber would get voted out in a close vote i said that she would say the word rob at least 20 times over the course of the season which I, I don't know if people have tracked the number of times like certain words were said. I know we like to do that sometimes on the B&B, but I feel like the word Rob was said a lot of times. Uh, and I said the first thing that Jeff will comment on for her was her kids, which was like the second thing, right? The first one was, wow, you played so long ago. <laughs> yeah, so that was close. <laughs> yeah, and I, I said, of course, closest ally, Rob. I said uh, biggest enemy was Sandra, which... Again, not completely wrong. Uh, I went off the thing that they never met each other and that Sandra was apparently pissed off that Rob never told her he was going to be out there. And she would get uh, 10 confessionals and accrue three fire tokens. Did you know that there were only going to be a few fire tokens? <laughs> I, mean, How did I, you know I, I think there was a shot of the fire token menu preseason that outlined oh. them. So, yeah, I, I, did, I did not try to add zeros onto them. Oh, OK. Oh, um, sorry. This is completely unrelated, but just popped into my mind. The bags that they have, the oh like blue and red bags. What are your thoughts? I mm. hate them. <gasps> yes. Thank what you. are those? Uh, they look, they're so bad. They're so ugly. They are terrible. That was a big point of discussion at our premiere oh, party. Thank God. They look like those bags that you get free from conferences and stuff that are out of that really cheap material that just tear. They're so ugly. Oh, it's Survivor swag. You know, oh. it's like, here's a little welcome basket. Here's like a branded Survivor pen. Uh, here's a little like table weight. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I guess they wanted to brand it so that, like, they knew they were ha actually had like colorful bags, so that when they put the fire tokens in there, it would be like a big thing. But if they switch tribes, do they have to trade satchels? Oh, that's a good point. I thought maybe they had those bags this season because they had like a zipper pocket inside, so you don't lose your fire token. <laughs> yes, it comes with that coin purse you were talking about. Yes, <laughs> and it's got like one of those attachments for you to like keep your cell phone in the like strap that goes across your chest. <laughs> That's what those bags look like. <laughs> yeah, and one of the little like hooks to hook your keys in. <laughs> yes. And yeah, I remember being excited about those bags when going yeah. back to school. So accommodating for all the things you need out on the island. Keys, a cell phone. Yeah. One bathing suit. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, you know what? You just, just give them like a plastic bag, Survivor, if you get really down in the budget. Because like that's all they only have bag. a few cell they only have a few belongings to put in there. Mm. Uh. But then they can't sew the pouch, right? Isn't that what Dom did? Didn't he like sew a pouch or something? Yeah, or like yeah. figure out how to see. So that's true. In retrospect, know. it'd be a lot easier to look through someone's bag of like, hey, look in Karishma's Ziploc. See if she has the <laughs> idol in there. <gasps> those clear backpacks. Ooh. Do you guys remember those? The clear like plastic backpacks or whatever? That's what they should get. <laughs> those are like back in. You have those are all you can take to like music festivals. <laughs> see? <laughs> stylish what's good for bonnaroo is good for survivor that's what exactly I say. <laughs> so Corey, is there I'll, I'll turn the table to you for a second is there anything specifically that you want to bring up in terms of a discussion topic before well, we get into the games at hand i was just gonna say because we were talking about amber what did you guys think of 
Jeff's like moment with her on the sand, and he's as he's naming all these things that didn't exist the last time Amber played. Like I felt like he did it twice. He did it once at Tribal and once when they were all there for the champagne toast. And I thought it was so over the top. Like he's like, you you haven't played. There wasn't iTunes. There wasn't Twitter. There wasn't Tinder. I I hated it. I, I, I well, we'll definitely put a pin in because I on uh, spoiler alert we will get to this a bit later. But yeah, oh, I liked okay. I liked specifically Jeff's transition from <laughs> iTunes to. Twitter and Facebook like yeah. I feel like that's a bit of a jump where you know one is a platform and one is like a, an actual social media thing that exists and I think it's just equating to like there weren't so many things on a computer in 2000 like we chatted to we chatted <laughs> to your loved ones on a computer and that's all we did on a computer back in those days I felt like Parvati was just cringing because she felt the same way I felt as Jeff was reading this list to Amber I loved the list of things that he chose, right? Like Xbox, not PlayStation. No, no, we're going to go Xbox on this one, guys. Do you feel like Jeff Probst was like playing Xbox back in those days with like the big Xbox Live headset, you know, trying to teabag noobs while playing Halo online? (laughs) Absolutely. I also would have loved to have heard the updated list for some of the newer players. Like, Nick Wilson, you haven't played since TikTok. (laughs) What? Yeah, I do love this idea. Or like events like, uh, oh, you you played before Obama got elected and then you were part of his administration. How does that feel? What? OK, Jeff. Yeah. Guys, we're all playing in a world before cats came out. How does that make you feel? <laughs> oh, again, I would have loved to have been in the production meeting where the list was <laughs> was come up with. Actually, no, you know what? That was just Jeff spitballing. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I was like, don't worry, guys. I've got a great intro for the season. <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, okay, well, I want to kick off things with our first game. Uh, so this is called Who Spoke the Vote? And this comes from the voting confessional transcript that Dalton Ross released in his article over on EW. So essentially, you know how every player goes up and when they cast their vote they also have an opportunity to say something to the camera so we didn't get to see any of them this episode but we have some of the transcripts because Dalton was there and so the way that this game is going to work is I'm going to read what the person said and then it's going to be up to you to guess who said it so uh, we'll do also additionally you can guess which tribal this was set at tribal one or tribal two and okay, then so, so there won't the be names person. that are outright mentioned so, right. Uh, well, okay, here's the deal. This is actually kind of hard. And I didn't want it to be zero, zero. <laughs> okay, so that's how it's going to work. So, for example, if I were to say, unfortunately, the majority of the tribe wants you gone because of your husband, and it's not fair. So that was obviously some- <laughs> yes, because of Natalie's husband. Obviously, that was a vote for Amber. So we know that that would have been at the second tribal council. So your answer would be like tribal council two, and then whomever you think the person was. Does that make sense? It's a yeah. little complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge shout out to Tricky Rice for this suggestion. So uh, thank you so much. Oh, I love that name. Awesome game. Okay, so Corey, the first um, voting confessional is going to be for you. Two shots at $2 million is too many. You're a nice lady, but I've seen Survivor All-Stars, and I don't want that to happen again. 
oh my god <laughs> um so this um it was the second tribal because someone yes. voted for amber yes um uh, was it uh tony no it was nick but it was tribal council too um and he did vote for amber so that's mm-hmm. one point for you it does make oh. sense i mean he he ha- is a survivor super fan so he has indeed seen survivor all-stars he has indeed uh all right mike Natalie, you're the sweetest person in the world, but you and Jeremy together are a superpower, and we can't have that right now. It's okay. good to be back. Oh, okay. So it's good to be back. I'm pretty sure this is Ethan because I I remember the story where when he said it's good to be back in his voting confessional, there was a cheer going on. For those of you uh, that might not know, so when you visit set and you and you go to tribal council. The press were actually seated in like a little viewing booth off to the side of Tribal Council where we sort of get a, a live feed of what's going on at the time. So it's a sizable amount away, but I hear there was a big whoop, understandably so, that let up when Ethan said he was glad to be back. So I'm pretty sure that's him. Okay, well, first of all, that's cheating. My <laughs> insider info. There's no insider trading here. Not even <laughs> with my fire tokens. Fire tokens. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yes that is correct it was ethan um at tribal council one okay Corey. i hope it's not you but more importantly i hope it's not me oh oof the tricky one yeah um gosh i feel like it was in the um first tribal um yes maybe uh, uh, maybe Jeremy. Uh, it was Michelle, so close. Ugh. Um, but yeah, it was. It was in Tribal Council one. Yeah, I figured it was one of those bottom three who didn't vote with the the majority. Yeah, no, that was good. Uh, okay, Mike. I'm sorry. Except <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. here's your hint. Here's your hint. This person kept it short because they used their time to check under the paperweight for an idol or a clue. Ooh, okay. Let me think about this. So Ben's a good guess. I feel like Boston Rob might be a good guess as well because he just played an Island of the Idols, so he's probably thinking outside the box. Uh, so it's someone who voted. I'm going to say it's someone who voted for Natalie. I'm going to say, you know what? I feel like Boston Rob is the type of person to do the I'm sorry. It's very much like the, you know, as we say in my neck of the woods, see you later of it all. I'm going to go with Boston Rob voting for Natalie. That was close. It was a tribal one, but it was Ben. Oh, so, so close. Was looking, looking for his Ben bomb. But actually, to your credit, Mike, Rob also inspected the items on the shelf behind Whoa. the voting cart. So. Wait, there, wait, there's a shelf? I guess so. That's what Dalton wrote. Is there <laughs> like a bookshelf of items? Is this someone's office that they're voting in? <laughs> I don't know. Now I'll have to pay more attention at the voting confessional booth. Okay. Corey, if this doesn't go my way tonight, I'll be crying at the edge of extinction tonight. And nobody wants to see that. Oh, God. Um, I think that was Tribal 2 and I think uh, Tyson. No, I'm sorry. That was Adam oh. <laughs> at Tribal Council uh, One. He's not, he's not helping his image by saying, you know, I I'm know. the guy who's known for crying by saying, I'm going to be crying at the edge of extinction. Just saying it. I would rather see him crying at edge of extinction than Natalie. <laughs> so he's wrong. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, see, not nobody, Adam. <laughs> There's just me. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe Nadia. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's something really, I don't know, poetic about, you know, now them both having been the first boot on a season of Survivor. I think that that's cool in a way, I guess. Sad for them, but kind of cool, I guess. So strange, though. I mean, it's interesting because both of them were sort of voted out for the pair thing. Like, I remember Nadia, I think, was voted out because Dale Wentworth was such a fan of the Amazing Race that he's like, oh, I know she's shrewd. And I know she has her twin sister. And here, Natalie was voted out for another partner that was in-game, but on her tribe in the form of Jeremy. I guess it's a, the not the Anderson sisters are just all or nothing. Either you're first out or you're the last one left. <laughs> That's so Ricky Bobby of them. Exactly. Like. <laughs> Your first or your last. <laughs> um, okay. Mike, this is for you. You're just way too cool for me. Whoa. You're just way too cool for me. Okay. I'm trying to think about who would regard someone as cool. So I feel like I'm going to say it's Tribal Council 2. I want to say it's maybe one of the people who voted for it could either be Tyson being super dry like he usually is or someone like Sarah voting for Kim and genuinely talking about how cool she is. So I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Sarah. Sarah, uh, it was a vote for Kim, but it was Sophie who cast that vote. So, yes, very close. Um. All right. So, Mike, congratulations! You're the winner of the oh. game, but it was very close. There were some other funny ones. So, when Jeremy cast his vote for Adam, he just said, "I don't even know." <laughs> Which... <laughs> okay, Jeremy. Uh, and then, oh yeah, we already talked about the uh, the Sandra one, which I thought was so funny. The ma- unfortunately, the majority of the tribe wants you gone because of your husband, and it's not fair. But wasn't she pushing? For yeah. Amber to go because she's mad that Boston Rob didn't say that he was going to be out there with her. The majority of the tribe led by me doesn't want yeah. you here. I'm sorry. It's not my fault. <laughs> right. Way to say the majority of the tribe and then sort of leave yourself out of it as a part of that. But um, also Tony gave no speech. Really? I'm surprised yeah. he wasn't. I mean, I guess he wanted to stick to his thing of like, if I'm there for too long, people will think I'm looking for an idol. So he like didn't even say anything while he was up there yeah i yeah it didn't say if he looked for anything there were also a few people that forgot to show their votes but but yeah overall it was really interesting to see everybody scrambling so much and just sort of the panic that we saw at tribal council that i think definitely uh came out in some of these voting confessionals yeah i mean that's that's the thing is that these are people some of these people have played like three or four (laughs) times and they're like giving two word sentences or sometimes not saying anything at all i think that just shows how freaking nervous each and every person was even if they didn't show it on the outside yeah 100 percent. so i want to move on here and talk a bit about jeff probe's opening speech so i'm actually going to sort of cop uh, a question here or at least some analysis from bodie small so we're going to walk through jeff's speech and maybe just sort of dissect it a little bit so this is jeff's speech uh, as they raise their glasses before they throw them into the sand there will be tough times You will be challenged. You will be vulnerable. And when those moments happen, just remember, you belong to Survivor. Because a drink before war is always a good thing. And then they drink. 
So this is the first question that Bodhi has that I want to bring up here. So Bodhi says, this speech sounds like it would be given to college students during orientation. Is Jeff afraid that the survivor winners don't feel like they belong? Yeah, that's kind of a good point. It was very motivational. I'm I'm just so intrigued by it. Can you wait? Can you say the first part again? Not the drink before war. Like, okay. Oh, I want to try on my best uh, Captain Jack Sparrow again, Liana. <laughs> okay, go for it, Mike, then. I support you. Uh, so Jeff says, there will be tough times. You will be challenged. You will be vulnerable. And when those moments happen, just remember, you belong to Survivor because a drink before war is always a good idea. <laughs> it's definitely a quote from an orientation of some sort. <laughs> like you belong at school. No, just change it and survivor. Yeah, so you think then, he like copied that speech and just like in the moment whited out the institution and put in survivor in there? Yes. Yeah, and he cut out the fight song at the end too. Yes. <laughs> and don't binge drink so much. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, could you imagine like it's like uh the, when they do the Hogwarts sorting hat things and like he's like, all right, now we'll all sing the survivor theme song together in honor of the occasion. yes that should be a real thing what's the what would be the survivor fight song no it would just be the survivor theme song absolutely what like the oh like that (laughs) yeah yes (laughs) and they all have to sing it i would like that the survivor choir get everybody together um yeah Yeah. i don't know so then let's break down the the last part of the speech here why did Jeff go into this voice? Well, that's what I was going to ask. Was it a Captain Jack Sparrow quote, or were you kidding? I don't think it is, but like, I think he tried to go into that. It was either a pirate voice or like uh, a salty British sailor voice, you know, like a brigand. I didn't love it. <laughs> that's very much a bless your heart type of thing. Well, I didn't love it. I didn't well, love it. Oh, bless his heart. <laughs> He's trying. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. So I Googled it. A Drink Before War uh, quotes. So it's a book title. Um, so maybe he just got really into this series by Dennis Lehane. <laughs> Do you think he was <laughs> listening to the audiobook and the narrator has an accent? And so he was like quoting him. Yeah, I don't know why that was the voice. Um. The other comment I had about the motivational stuff is like, it's a good reminder, no matter how, you know, much we put people up on a pedestal, no matter how old you are, how important you are, you can always be motivated. My favorite workout video is this like hip hop dance Zumba video. And at the end, the workout guy tells you to, you are, tells you that you are amazing and you are so great. And I love it because he tells me that I'm amazing. So thank you, hip hop Zumba dance workout, man. Just remember, you belong to Zumba. Yeah, you belong in your living room being uncoordinated. So (laughs) I'm okay with it. Bodhi also mentions, uh, right after Jeff says this, all the winners drink, with one possible exception, Tyson is Mormon. He doesn't drink. Did Tyson just stand still and watch everyone else drink and throw their garbage into the ocean? (laughs) I don't know. That's a good question. I now want to go back and look, or maybe they had non-alcoholic alternatives for him. Is there anyone else in the the season that doesn't drink? Because also, by the way, no way that one bottle of champagne 
okay is going to fill all of those glasses. Not yeah. possible. Yeah, I mean, they they were a little small in the champagne. I think it's because everyone was so concentrated on, like, if there was an advantage at the bottom of the glass or something. So they, like, barely got a taste in. But, yeah, I can imagine that maybe there was a show bottle and then, like, a bunch of actual bottles they would use to pour the champagne. Do you think that's the same as the Fijian pizza? Like, they have show pizzas and then real pizzas? Like, the pizzas that sit out under the sun for hours while they're yeah. competing? It's a, it's a good question. Uh, yeah, because I can imagine, like, I don't know how long that ice bucket was sitting out, but I can imagine it was pretty well me- uh, well melted by the time Jeff brought around. Though he did pop the cork, so maybe there was just, like, a, one in place for him to pop, and then they cut, and they said, okay, let's bring in the actual bottles from craft services so we can pour <laughs> you a little bit. Except for Tyson. Maybe there's, like, a Will Wall thing where they gave him milk instead of champagne. Ew. <laughs> Delivered by drone. Exactly. Like, all right, everyone drink up, Tyson, you drink your milk as well. Here's a toast to Survivor. Ew. Ew. <laughs> uh, warm milk. That's so gross. Isn't it so great now that we get our milk delivered by drone? It really is. What a time we live in. <laughs> Paul Walker is just ahead of his time. Yeah. And that didn't happen before Amber played the last time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited for now that to become a benchmark on Survivor Season 80. Yeah, exactly. Like you, when you played, drones didn't even exist. They were only delivering milk. Now that they've produced the show, what are you feeling about Survivor now? Uh, too good. Can't wait until the show is run by drones. That's really going to be a very interesting, like Survivor in the clouds or something. All right, Liana, let's take a brief break from the fun and games to talk about our sponsor for this week on the RHAP B&B, and that is Stars, not All Stars, the season that Amber won. It's Stars with a Z, but you better not be sleeping on this because Stars is the app for TV, movies, and more. It has current and past seasons of Stars original series, today's best movies, and other favorites that you can enjoy wherever, whenever you want to. You can Take in stars on a computer, download it on a smartphone or tablet in case you're standing on the edge of extinction. Really, stars has been in the game for quite some time. But I still got to say, Liana, I personally think among even the streaming wars that are going on, stars is still, you know, one of the higher ranking ones. What do you like about stars? Well, first of all, I'm a Chromecaster, so that's big for me. So I want to just sit down on my couch, not have to worry about it, and Chromecast something. And I think that the thing that stands out about Stars for me the most is their selection of movies because I watch a lot of reality TV and I want to just be able to sit down and watch a movie. And the fact that Stars has such a really great selection is what makes it for me. They have a whole category called Women on the Verge, which very much appeals to me. Wait, it's it's Uh, not Women on the Edge? It's not just exclusively (laughs) documentaries about Amber and Natalie on the edge of extinction? (laughs) Maybe that'll be coming soon. But no, this is Women on the the Verge. It's a pay-per-view that you have to pay in fire tokens. Right. (laughs) And how many fire tokens? More or less than a pizza. (laughs) Um, but anyway, the other thing is that they have not just that category, but a really, a really wide selection. So if you're interested in something like horror or family favorites, or if you're feeling really nostalgic, they have We're Back, a dinosaur story, which is the greatest movie of all time. Wow. Okay? If you haven't watched it, you have to watch it. It's yeah, so mean, good. I mean, it actually ties back into the episode because Yule declared himself a dinosaur time bombed into the future. That is literally the plot of We're Back a Dinosaur Story. So it's very oddly apropos. 
Exactly. So, okay, you know, there's only an episode a week of Survivor, but if you watch We're Back, a dinosaur story, it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> so while they have movies on stars that go back to the prehistoric age, there's a lot of modern content going on in stars, particularly when it comes to the television shows that they produce. Of course, you've got Outlander, big favorite here in the Bloom household, just started its fifth season. Probably my favorite is American Gods. I am a big Neil Gaiman fan. I loved reading the absolutely bananas novel that was his original American Gods, and the adaptation has been incredible it's spun off the themes and more to create an absolute treat for the eyes and the ears and that's only available on stars if you want to check out all the content that stars has to offer you're in luck you get a promotion right now three months for five dollars until march 31st that is better than any fire token deal you'll get on any menu just go to robhasawebsite.com slash bnb that's robhasawebsite.com slash the letter b the letter N, the letter B, for three months of stars for $5 a month. You do not want to miss this. Happy watching. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back, so let's keep on keeping on. Well, Corey, you mentioned the timeline of jeff probes uh you know via <laughs> apple products so i was inspired by this to come up with a game that is a, a tradition we like to do on the bnb it's a big brother game called before or after but basically what's going to happen is every question i'm going to ask you if one of these survivor players played before or after the release of an apple product so basically it's the answer is either going to be before or after note that these are going to be when the people played not when the seasons aired so sometimes that might be a bit different sometimes it's as you know long as like six months ago sometimes like a year and a half in michelle's case but essentially we have to match up the timeline of survivor with the timeline of apple products just to test the waters here are both of you apple people or is this going to be a lot of guessing as to just the name of the product uh i i have some apple products uh i used itunes at one point <laughs> in my life after survivor australia yeah it was just so monumentous in my life no i don't well, i have an android yeah so unfortunately <laughs> uh you know uh, apologies to all the anti-appleites out there and i guess this is an unfortunately a soft sponsorship for the work of tim cook but we are focusing on apple products today to chart when these people played so again we'll go back and forth here you have to respond either before or after uh leon let's start with you did ethan play in survivor africa before or after the release of the first ipod 
Oh, the first iPod. Okay, he played in 2004. I'm going to say he played before. That is correct. So Ethan played in Africa back in the fall. or He played in 2000, and the iPod, first iPod released October 23rd, 2001. Oh. Wait, what? Yeah, he this is also good. This is also going to be... All-Stars. Oh, okay, okay. His first season. Yes. So this uh, is all. This yeah, is all going to be that. the seasons that these people won, not necessarily their most recent time uh, appearing. And okay. this is also a game that's also going to make everyone feel really, really old as well. So I think we're accomplishing a lot here. Okay. Oh yeah, that's great. I love that feeling. <gasps> you know what I realized the other day? Okay. So you know how when you turn, let's say you turn thirty, you have lived thirty years of your life, and you are now in your thirty-first year as a human, which means. <laughs> When I turn 29, I am in my 30th year as a person on this earth. Guys, it was terrifying. <laughs> Wait, okay. Oh, all right. I'm trying to follow this logic here. Because okay. you're zero when you're born. And then when you turn one years old, you have lived one year of your life. Oh, gotcha. So the birthday is marking almost the end the of that end. year in which you're celebrating. Yes. Yes, you are celebrating the completion of your one year <laughs> being on the planet Earth. You just made me a whole year older. See, yes, this you, I felt that last night. Okay, and now you're gonna have to feel it now. I was like, guys, I'm already thirty. So, were, were you one of those people, Liana, who's like, twenty twenty is actually not the end of the decade. It's technically twenty nine, twenty twenty one. Let me. Uh, I don't. I don't mean to get technical about it, but uh, oh my gosh, yeah, I don't want to be that person, that stickler. <laughs> but here I am. So then, anyway, I guess is I this was that is related it, to anything we're talking about? Well, I, I guess remember. is this then Survivor's twentieth year, and on May thirty first is going to be the end of the twentieth year, going into the twenty first year. <laughs> Yes, going into the 21st year. So are we really... It, oh wait, are we done with Survivor 40 or are we starting Survivor 41? How does that work? We're living in so much time flux right now. Uh, and speaking of time flux, let's go back to Corey here. Did Danny play in Survivor Guatemala before or after the first ever earbuds were released from Apple? I would say before. I'm sorry, it was after wow. Danny played in Guatemala in uh the in the at the end of two thousand three, I believe. And uh oh, actually, you know, yeah, after, after. Yeah, she played in in, in about two thousand five and the Apple earbuds were released January sixth, two thousand four. See, I'm gonna be so bad at this game because while I have some of these things, I don't usually get them until four years after <laughs> everyone else had them. <laughs> So just subtract four uh, yeah, exactly. from whatever you're thinking. Or five, apparently, according to Liana. Yes, yes. Did, wait, is this, so did Apple invent earbuds? I, I think so. Or did they exist before that, but earbuds? Because they invented ear pods. Did ear... <laughs> did, did ear pods exist as like a concept before Apple? <laughs> I don't know. I guess a little like, well, I think a little like in ear headphones existed before then, but I don't know if the actual earbud and Apple product had been invented until January 6, 2004. Oh my God. I'm going to come back next week and be like, well, technically, the person who has the patent for earbuds. <laughs> well, I'm like, I just got mine last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. I just figured out Bluetooth headphones exist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
They do. Yeah, they do. And I got my first pair last year. <laughs> They've been around for a while, apparently. <laughs> All right, Liana, let's go back to you before you turn to your wireless earbuds away from this conversation. <laughs> so we know that Yule played before the iPhone, but did Parvati play in Micronesia before or after the release of the iPhone? Ooh, I'm going to guess it's really close. So I'm going to say she played after. She did indeed play after. The iPhone released on June 29th, 2007, and Micronesia was filmed that next year in, in 2008. Or no, wow. in that filmed later that year in 2007. Okay, this isn't going to matter at all because I don't know what's going on, but is it when they filmed the season or when the season aired? It's when they filmed the season. Okay. But cool. it shouldn't. It shouldn't necessarily matter. I, I don't know. It, it will not be. It will not be a matter of like. Well, actually, the uh, the Mac Two Pro came out a week before uh, Parvati played in Micronesia. So technically, that's not going. That's not true. Okay, got it. All right, Corey. Did Sandra play in Heroes versus Villains before or after the release of the hot product of the year, the Apple battery charger? Oh my <laughs> what? Yes, apparently this does exist. Uh, I learned a lot about Apple products today. I, I still haven't gotten that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say before. Uh, that is correct. Yes, the there Apple battery charger, the hot product still used today, came out on June 27, 2010, a few weeks after Sandra was crowned the winner of Survivor Heroes vs. Villains. Oh, phew. Ugh, wait, the Apple Apple battery charger is what it's called? Yeah, so basically it's just an Apple branded battery charger. Like not even for Apple branded batteries. You just use it to charge your batteries that you would usually oh, do. Like oh, reusable you're charging, like energizer batteries? Yep. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm seeing oh it was oh it was discontinued in twenty sixteen. <laughs> oh, so sad. I don't. I feel like uh, the rechargeable batteries went the way of the dodo. Maybe like three years before the Apple rechargeable battery unit went the way of the dodo. Yeah, remember when rechargeable batteries were a thing? Yeah, remember when batteries were a thing? Remember? When ba- remember like batteries, you guys? Oh my god! <laughs> All right, Liana, let's move on here. Did Boston Rob play on Survivor Redemption Island before or after? The release of the first Apple wireless keyboard. Now, Liana, I know you about you know about wireless headphones. Now, there are also keyboards that are wireless, and Apple has one. What? Uh, okay. Yeah, I have no idea. Before, I'm sorry, it was after. So, Boston Rob obviously played in Redemption Island. Uh, I believe in the summer of 2010, the Apple wireless keyboard launched August 7th, 2007. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't know. I did not know the concept of wireless existed in 2007. It was I, a time to be alive. What, <laughs> what a time to be alive. Think about all the MySpace photos you could comment on with your wireless keyboard. Does that timeline even make sense? I have no idea. No, I think uh, it's around that time. It does. It does check out. Yes. But okay. I think the problem is, is that you load up your wireless keyboard with batteries, but you have no way to recharge them until three years later. So that's really the, the, the bad problem that my, that uh, that Apple put themselves into. Is it still available? The wireless keyboard? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> OK, <laughs> that was a stupid question. <laughs> Got it. All right. Corey, we're going back to you here. 
Did Kim Spradlin play in One World before or after the release of the first Apple TV? Ooh, uh, before. I'm sorry, it was after. So Kim played in One World in the summer of 2011. The Apple TV, 2007 was a hell of a year. The first Apple TV came out March 21st, 2007. Okay. The good news is I'm good at, in my head, I'm like thinking, I'm like, okay, she played roughly around 2011. And like that, I've been nailing. But these products (laughs) I have no idea about. Okay, this is a really dumb question. By Apple TV, you mean a physical TV, not the new streaming service, which is also called Apple TV? Oh, you mean the little box thing. Yes, the device, not necessarily the Apple TV streaming service. See, I was picturing like a big Apple TV. Same. But had I actually thought of the box, I probably should have gotten that one. Okay, so Apple Apple does not have like a a TV TV? I think they do. Oh, if they have if they have a battery charger, I'm pretty sure they have a TV. <laughs> I guess like Apple TV screen is something I should look. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> We're not that I would so buy much. it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, unfortunately, the Apple TV streaming service did not exist back in 2007. Leon, I'd answer your question. Uh, see that one? I think I would have gotten. <laughs> All right, Liana. Let's see if you fare as well here. Did Tyson play in Survivor Blood versus Water? Before or after the release of the first iPad? Oh my gosh. Uh, I feel like the iPad's been around for forever. Um, so I'm going to go with Tyson played after. That is correct. So Tyson played the summer of 2012. The iPad first released April 3rd, 2010. Yeah, that's 10 years. 10 years. Do you think they should be have like a big celebration for the iPads like Jeff does for Survivor 40? <laughs> I'm just imagining what the speech would be. Just remember, you fit in here at Apple. Yeah, you belong Apple to iPad. Apple. <laughs> as long as you throw an accent on the end of the speech, I think it'll be a home run. Yes. And of course, <laughs> and so I guess what we call this like Survivor products at war, all these Apple products playing with each other. Apple products at war. <laughs> I don't know. I think bat- it's been a battery charger hasn't been playing in quite some time. Can it assimilate into the game? <laughs> I hope so. Oh, that should be a brand steel, Mike. All the Apple products. All the Apple products. You know what? If Tim Cook agrees to it and sponsors the podcast, I will do a brand steel of 20 Apple products competing against each other. Uh, yeah, although you might shine some light on some uh, not so winners yeah, <laughs> for exactly. the products. Instead so. of fire tokens, would it be Apple Pay? For sure. Yes. <gasps> Wait, what was that Apple credit card that yes. you couldn't put in your wallet or something? What was it? What was what? that? Couldn't? Wasn't there some problem with it? It was all white, and that was a issue. Well, spoiler alert: that's not going to be in the uh, in in this little game that I came up with. Oh. There was some drama with that, though. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a titanium uh, card, and I guess there were some issues with, like, the finish not being completely done on it. Yeah. Wow. This is some quality news reporting here from the B&B. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that thing that happened that one time? Uh, that was insane. The was Vegas toxic. news. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. All right. So, Corey, we're going back to you here. Did Natalie play in Survivor San Juan del Sur, the much-bereaved Natalie, before or after the release of the Apple Watch? 
Oh, she played before the Apple Watch. She did indeed. So oh. uh, Natalie played the summer of 2014. The Apple Watch was released April 24th, 2015. Hmm. I don't have an Apple Watch. It's the only two-time winner. <laughs> the Apple Watch. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> Apple Watch is the queen. Queen and stays the- queen. What time is it? Time for you to go. Hashtag watch stays watch. Yes. Yes. Queen Slay. Apple Watch. Play. Uh, Liana, did Wendell play in Survivor Ghost Island before or after the release of the HomePod smart speaker? I did not know this, but apparently Apple has gotten into the game of the A-L-E-X-A's or your S-I-R-I's or your Google Homes, uh, and apparently they call it the HomePod. So did Wendell play in Ghost Island before or after Apple released a version of this? HomePod? Is it... You know what? Facebook... Doesn't Facebook have that screen thing, too? That, or the, thing not, that, the thing with the Muppets. Yes, sure. Isn't it... Is it and, like, the camera's always on or something? Never mind. You know what? I'm done. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with he played uh, before. That's correct. He played uh, in the summer of 2017 and the HomePod was released on February 9th, 2018. I am not familiar with the HomePod. Neither am I. I'm very sure. I mean, now I'm not surprised considering that Apple put out their own battery chargers. that They would try to get in on this game, but I've never heard of them before. Yeah, I have not either. Uh, well, now that I've Googled it, it looks familiar. <laughs> because <laughs> it my, looks like every other. Yeah, one of my friends must have that in their home. That's yeah, that's possible. I'm yeah, I like I'm sure I know some Apple fanboys and girls that might have one of these. All right, Corey, did everyone play in Winners <laughs> at War before or after the release of the iPhone 11? Um, they played before the iPhone 11. That is correct. Uh, they played that last summer, and the iPhone 11 released on September 20th, 2019. Or if you're Corey, 2023. <laughs> I'm really excited for you to get it in a couple of years. Well, thank you. Yes, I don't have it right now. <laughs> It'll be on its way, and we'll we'll throw in a battery charger. And the first edition of Apple TV for free, just in honor of, of this game. Unfortunately, it's a consolation prize because you did lose here four to three. I did have a tiebreaker where you were going to write down the date that the Zune released and whoever was closest won. But Liana, you prevailed. When, when was it released? It was released on November 14th, 2006. Hmm. And was it discontinued on December 13th, 2006? Yeah, exactly. They <laughs> realized they had a big mistake. Uh, the Zune's actually going to be living on Edge of Extinction in my simulation. That's who's going to be the greeter. I've never even heard of this thing you're talking about. A Zune? Oh my god. Zune. So this is Microsoft attempted to make its own version of an iPod, and they called it a Zune, and it did not do well. There was like a children's show that was they were always like send it to zoom yeah so that was zoom and i can understand it's very similar sounding which is one of the many problems that zoom had <laughs> zoom zoom well, i remember zoom right yeah that that's was it more was like memorable the than the zoom yeah. 
Well, yeah, it was, though, and probably had more success. So, yeah, the Zune launched in 2006, five years after the release of the iPod. It's actually pretty similar to like all these Survivor type shows that have launched, you know, the launch like five years after Survivor became a thing, like Redneck Island or like the real Gilligan's Island. And they all fell by the wayside because there was always a competitor that was, you know, they were standing in their shadow. Was there really a Redneck Island? Yes. (laughs) What? What is Redneck Island, Mike? Redneck Island, it's it's what it sounds like. It's hosted by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, <laughs> it was on CMT, and it was Survivor with with pe- rural people that stereotype themselves as rednecks. This is an actual thing, and it played it for has, five seasons. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm Googling, and this looks great. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. It sounds like an SNL skit. It, That's exa- yeah. with Stone Cold Steve well, Austin also. So. Well, there was MILF <laughs> Island on 30 Rock, and this is not too far of a stone's throw away from that. Exactly. Well, I guess so, I know what I'm doing with my afternoon. Yeah, though it looks like the last couple seasons they pivoted from going from Survivor to the Challenge-esque format, so really a jack-of-all-trades, this Redneck Island. <sighs> oh, no my. spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. I got something to watch, too. And I will say Redneck Island uh, apparently predates the Apple Watch, just in case anyone's concerned about that. Good, good, good. Post iPad, pre-Apple Watch, Queen Apple Watch slay. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I'm going to start now putting everything in my memory when I'm, you know, try to remember when stuff happened. Be like, okay, so wait, that was before iTunes, but it was after, you know, so I like it. Mm. All right. All right. So I want to um, I want to talk about one thing before we start to wrap stuff up. And we actually talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but I spent a lot of time thinking about this. Uh, DJ LaBelle Klein also asked a question on Twitter that sort of got at this concept. Uh, Essentially, it was how did you feel about watching so many winners be absolutely terrified in the premiere? And his two options were didn't like it or liked it. I voted (laughs) didn't like it for me it was really bizarre but i was part of the minority only 6.9 percent of people voted. i know which also made me laugh voted that they didn't like it the majority of people did so i wanted to get your guys's thoughts on this because i don't know it was sort of unsettling in a way especially because i idolized kim so much and to see her really struggle i think and tyson and 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 you know so many players really just be terrified was really really bizarre yeah, I'm in the same boat with you. I would have voted it didn't like it. it it's like watching some of your heroes um, turn out to be like normal people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I, I know it's too much to ask of them. Obviously, they are normal people, but yeah. still, I, I totally like, get it. Kim's on her knees, like groveling to Sandra, and I did not love it. I did not love it either. <laughs> I did not love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, to have Tyson, like, being like oh nobody's talking to me like they keep losing me it's 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 a weird sight i'm still trying to figure out if i liked it or not because again i like at least the change in character types or at least the way they're portrayed strategically because i feel like that's also the hallmark of a good player is if you can play well from the bottom and well from the top we've seen them play well from the the top let's see if they can pivot from the bottom as well but speaking of somebody who's has anxiety it wasn't great sitting through that tribal council with like watching Michelle put her head through her hands as like she's not even being asked a question. Just the idea of Ben talking about how stressful it is like it was palpable. And I mean, we talked about this last season that, you know, I think when Survivor makes you feel something that is ultimately more successful than you feeling apathetic about things. But it always depends on the feeling. And that feeling of uneasiness was 
walking a very fine line. So I can really understand why some people, you two included, would be like, this is too much. I don't want to see people suffer like this. Whereas I think you could also look at it from the the standpoint of like, this brings a lot of stakes to it. Not mm-hmm. to say that people don't play Survivor without stakes, but I mean, people were obsessed with not being the first one out because there is this sort of image of this season and of your gameplay. You know, I, as much as the pregame stuff has leaked into this season, I feel like the other meta aspect that's really leaked in is like how you're perceived. We talk, we hear this when Michelle talks about the reputation behind her win. You have to imagine that playing on an all winner season and then getting voted out early and bamboozled is going to have a huge effect on not only yourself, but how people view you. And that's all swirling in your head like a maelstrom. So I found it so fascinating to watch that, that I think I err on the side of like more, but I didn't necessarily, you know, I wasn't smiling from ear to ear as everyone was having a collective anxiety attack. I just found it really fascinating that we saw so much emotion come out when arguably you think this might be the most like, good game, you know, no personal feelings type of season. It really did not seem like that from the beginning. Mm. Don't they also say never meet your heroes? They do. This this is one of those moments for me. I met my heroes and I don't know if I liked it. And that's what I think that's too much. They're not infallible. Right. I get it. But still, yeah, it was it was emotion for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I completely relate to it because it's like when we went on the amazing race the first time we did so well. And when they asked us back, I mean, honestly, a big fear of ours was being like a one trick pony and Mm -hmm. and was that was a big conversation we had a lot before we went back was oh my God, what if we go home first? What if we don't live up to the hype of, of what we did the first time? So I completely understand um, how it felt for some of these people, especially those who found themselves on the bottom and just scrambling because you don't want to let your fans down. You don't want to let your family down. You don't want to let the viewers who rooted for you down. So, Yeah, you bring, yeah. Up, a great, you bring up a great point because, I mean, you're someone who has also come back from multiple seasons of a reality show. And, you know, now that like, the the glamour of it being your first time on a show ends up falling down. I can imagine that you go into a second season or a third season or a fourth season or a sixth season if you're Boston Rob with different priorities or at least a new way of looking at things. And sometimes it can be for the better of we hear a lot of people say, like, I'm just here to let go and have fun preseason or you get what we saw here of people being like, this makes me so much more nervous than I've ever been in my first season. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, okay, I'm trying to, I want to ask you a question, Corey, about this, because I think you have such a unique perspective being here, but I can't figure out exactly the wording of the question I want to ask, but essentially the mentality of coming in with almost not your reputation on the line, but I mean, there are certain things that people perceive about you based on your first time out. And some of that is contributed to, uh, you, you know, you'd overall the performance, but also the way that it's edited. And I'm sure that there's some nervousness about coming back a second time to play a game where you've been perceived in such a way. And there's almost a risk that you take not only in how you're performing but also how you're being edited and like what mm. the narrative they try to make you be or seem as yeah I, I don't know if you can speak to that yeah i mean i don't think we ever really worried about edit per se um either time because it was just that's just who tyler and i are at all <laughs> times of the day when we're together but i definitely think when we went back the second time um we were a little in our heads uh, for the first half of the season and, and that's when we weren't 
I mean, we were doing fine, but we weren't doing as well as we had started off on the first season we were on. And I think it was, we had this kind of like worry of uh, going home and we knew it was a lot of pressure. And I think we put this extra pressure on ourselves. Um, And then once we finally just like thought, okay, let's just let go of it and have fun. That's when we started doing well again. Um, But yeah, I don't think, I don't know. I don't think we ever really worried about uh, how we would portray or how we would come off because uh, I felt like they captured our dynamic very honestly and showed all the ups and downs um, that we experienced both times we were on the show. On that mm-hmm. note, can I also ask, because you obviously your second season played with a bunch of teams from other shows in the form of yeah. Survivor or Big Brother. Do you think that mentality, you know, that you were talking about carried over for them? I mean, it was such a new idea to them, but were they also like, we're representing this show where, you know, we have fans out there. We want to make sure that we do well. I, I think so. I mean, I, you, we heard like whispers of like the survivor teams working together, the big brother teams working together. And I think that was more of their mentality. Um, but it seems like early on, just a lot of them were more stuck on <laughs> feeling like they were at such a severe disadvantage yeah. playing against people who had raced before. Uh, yeah, I, 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 it's it's so interesting. Like just the idea of returning players, and also the various levels as yeah. well. I mean, we saw people like Ethan and Danny sort of like going to Parvati and Rob and being like, "You guys have done this so many times before. How does this usually work?" We saw on the on the other tribe that Yule helps commandeer this alliance of him and Wendell and Nick and Sophie, the people who don't really have any connections and only played once before. And that group is actually probably the strongest one out of the entire tribe, which I find super interesting because I think we thought that like all of the second time players were going to get eliminated right out of the gate because they didn't know what was happening. But Yule, and this was a great episode for Yule, I think observed that and essentially said like, no, let's work together because if we have these three factions, you know, the three people that were on Game Changers together, this so-called poker alliance and us we hold the power at this moment. I felt like it was a super good job done by them and not the outcome I would have expected. Yeah, I was really surprised both by Sophie and Yule, and I, I loved kind of the edits that both of them had in that first two episodes. <clears throat> yeah, Sophie also seemed very calm, too. She was, I was looking for the people that were freaking out versus the people that were calm, and she seemed, she seemed okay. And Yule is just living his best life. Have you guys seen him? He's all over Twitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't. I'll have to look. We, we have gone a very quick way from Liana and myself and Ali Lasher sending LinkedIn friend requests to him, to him, like, taking a huge social media presence. He's posting Photos of himself photoshopped as Jon Snow. He just posted a whole manifesto on Twit Longer <laughs> that described his viewpoints behind everything. Like, Yule has really come back into the forefront, uh, both from an edit perspective and from a social media perspective. And it's crazy. We're having flashbacks to, you know, pre-Apple TV, uh, pre-Apple <laughs> battery charger when Yule was on our screens once more. Yeah, he used to post his manifesto something called, like, tweet longer tweet more something yeah so tweet longer was that's a thing that was used back in the day before back in the day exactly the interface is so bad (laughs) before the the tweet thread became a popular thing uh i think i mean i guess yule's metaphor of him being a dinosaur time bombed into the future i guess makes a lot of sense considering that there's some technologies he might have skipped out on unfortunately in his absence from social media i mean and they've made tweets longer since the original (laughs) tweet too this was really long though it was 
it was so cool. It was so crazy to have him back and be so passionate about it. Like, it was really nice to see. But I think now that we have the first episodes under our belt, we've seen both tribes. We've seen the dynamics there. I'm now looking forward to these next episodes to really see how things start to solidify, because I think we will see um, more of the relationships uh, become stronger and actually start to see some voting blocks or trust clusters or whatever you want to call it form. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good point because I mean, it really did seem like everyone was just really avoiding like, I don't want to be first one out of this tribe. And I think that now that the pace has set, they can start to get settled in a little bit. It looks like the dynamics on DeKal are a little more solid, the Red Tribe, though you all talked about in the aforementioned manifesto that apparently him and Sophie have something with Kim on the side. So maybe Kim and Tyson are not as screwed as they may think. Things are much more nebulous on the blue tribe. So maybe that'll take a little bit longer for things to settle in. But yeah, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see now that they know they're not going to be the first ones out of their tribe. Like, does that make them look forward more? Are they still going to be in survivalist mode of like, let's just get through to the next vote. Cause I feel like that's two fundamentally different approaches to strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Oh my God. Guys, I'm so excited for the next episode. Is it Wednesday yet? <laughs> no, not yet. And it's not even <laughs> the end of the podcast yet because we have to finish off with our question of the week. Of course, uh, we ask a question at the end of the previous podcast and throughout the week. You all send in your answers. And man, we asked to essentially build out the B&B's version of a fire token menu. And we got so many answers. And I'm, I'm going to try to go through all of them because there's just so, so many good ones. Unfortunately, uh, they are not skewing on the Liana-based inflation side where things cost like 25 <laughs> fire tokens. But Guys, there should have been thousands of fire tokens. <laughs> all right. So let's start with John John, a great listener of the BNB. John John says uh, um, there should be an IOI mini statue that costs four fire tokens a replica of any merged tribe flag that would cost 10 fire tokens and people would pay a fire token to grant their wish to a genie. So I like this. The first two are sort of like souvenir shop. And the last one is the Zoltar machine. <laughs> yeah. Like an Aladdin genie genie. Well, like the, the machine like that. Have you ever seen big before? Yeah. Liana? Yeah. 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 That, yeah. The, but a G, I mean, yeah. Okay. I guess that's how it works. It was sort of like a fortune teller, magical man. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if they put Jeff Probst in the box in the future, like he could put on the turban and, and become that Zoltar to give them advantages. I don't think we want that. Logan says a mountain of pizza should be one fire token, whether or not it's the show pizzas or the actual pizzas. DK Chillin sneakers should be five fire tokens. Uh, I don't know if that sells for more or less than his underwear did, but it's definitely up there. Uh, and also, I really like this one. For practicality, whoever has a lot of fire tokens could purchase a fire token gift card of various sums. So, I mean, you sort of experience this a bit with, like, cash back stuff, right? Of like, hey, you could actually turn these points into gift cards that you can use to spend. I would love that idea. This is going to spiral for me now where I'm now going to think of everything in terms of fire tokens. So, yeah, when I get my cash back on my credit card, I'm going to think, um, can I get that in fire tokens? So, <laughs> Ashley Keenan says uh, something that would be on the fire token menu should be a pair of sound canceling headphones. Uh, it should be six to nine tokens. <laughs> Has Apple made sound canceling fire token headphones? Yes. <laughs> yeah, they actually made it back in yeah. 2003. <laughs> Makes sense. Jeffrey King says uh, players should be able to buy that exile boat from Game Changers, but the survivor expert is Debbie Wanner paying it forward. <laughs> that was 100% my idea, too. <laughs> 
I love this concept. Uh, they said also they should buy the magic from Ghost Island to make fake idols mature into real ones. I love this idea of bottling the magical essence of Ghost Island. Can you buy that from the genie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jeff Probst, the genie, is going to provide you with a bottle of magic that you can release at any time to turn your fake idol into a real one. <laughs> That's what Little Mix was singing about. Got it. Yeah. And finally, he also said uh, they should be able to buy a clue to Natalie White's location, which, yeah, Aww. I think... I think I think even Survivor Production would want to invest in fire tokens at that point. Mm. Here's one from MJ that I thought very interesting. 15 fire tokens. You get your spouse to come play Survivor with you. Could Boston Rob or Amber trade in the other one for 15 fire tokens? Ooh, does it work the other way? That's a good question. (laughs) Yeah, Boston Rob's like, I'll sacrifice myself. I'll trade myself in. Amber, I bequeath 15 fire tokens to Amber. This is an interesting idea, because what if we get to the loved ones challenge and Jeff says, okay, great, you get to see your dad, or you could turn him in for two fire tokens. Oh, only two. That's so sad. (laughs) Well, I think much like you can sort of stratify relationships, like, you know, do you you pick a, a, a husband and wife over a mother and son? You could be like, well, your husband came out here, so that's worth five fire tokens. You had your uncle come out. That's probably worth like one and a half by comparison. Oh, Jeff putting fire token value on relationships. Parker says for 69 fire tokens, there's your range, Liana. Uh, nice. That can be negotiated down without you even knowing. You can have a lesson from Rob and Sandra. No. Imagine <laughs> no, if you bought you. it and they're like, oh, I can't believe you did that. You shouldn't have bought the tokens from me. You should <laughs> buy their big statues. And then burn them down or something. That would be funny. <laughs> that would be malicious to buy the statues only to burn them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I think of your statue, Sandra. Here's an interesting idea from Laurel. I think you should use fire tokens to buy your own personal chicken. Aww. Your own mark. But could you imagine, like, now everyone has their own chickens just wandering around camp? I think everybody should get pets oh that'd be so cute also that's my plan for big brother i think when somebody gets voted out of big brother they should be replaced by a yellow lab so i'm also okay with that happening for survivors then by the end of survivor you've got like four people out there and just like 15 or 16 (laughs) yellow labs oh i thought i I think it should be chickens chickens fine chickens are fine because i love this idea of like it being what like kim and tyson and sandra sitting there with 17 chickens running around the camp you should get to pick what animal you're sending back in for yourself. Like, yes, you voted me out. Now you have to deal with. I, I bequeath this animal onto you. <laughs> yeah, you could. Yeah, exactly. So, because I was thinking, oh, it could be like with Natalie, where she was, you know, sent back to idol, but you can choose to buy it. You send the animal, you choose to buy it. No, you send the animal to punish your tribe for yes. voting you out. That's better. Uh, Ashley says one fire token for super pole. Which, also, speaking in punishment, might be a good one to send to somebody else. Aww. Poor Superpole. Uh, here's a good one from Jonathan Troyer, which I think Yule would be happy about. Banning users on the Survivor subreddit is fi- four fire tokens per user. <laughs> <laughs> Just one single user? You're going to need a lot of fire tokens. Yep, this is, again, speaking toward the Liana Boris mar- market of things. Yeah. You're really just speaking towards like the high rollers, like the 1% of the fire token population. Oh, I'm such an elitist. Only yeah, the really... one percenters. Wow, Liana just too bougie with her fire tokens. <laughs> Whatever. I uh, mine are also in Bitcoin version. So, 
Elizabeth says, uh, here's, she built her own fire token here. Uh, the BR rule book is one fire token. David Bloomberg's rules are 10 tokens. I think Boston Rob's played it pretty offended that his are only worth a tenth of David Bloomberg's. Uh, Liana, a golden Lego is three fire tokens. Don't know what you would need to do out there, and you'd very easily lose it out there, but that's regardless. I would be, uh, okay, it could, could you use it as an immunity idol? I guess so, but you'd have to, like, I feel like you have to blow it up if you want to. Not literally blow it up like they did this week, but, like, make it bigger, because mm-hmm. it's such a tiny brick. I know, but that they have their coin purses, so now they can just put it in there. I suppose so. A mass Singer costume would cost fire to- five fire tokens. I really like this idea, because they're star for entertainment out there, and I feel like bringing in a costume would really lighten people's moods. Yeah, when reality TV has jumped the shark in however many years and we're on iPhone version, whatever, I'm really looking forward to all of the crossovers. So it'll be the mass Singer, but Survivor. So we have people out playing on the island in costumes. I and they're love celebrities. that idea. See? It's a good idea. Bring back what? the winners and you won't know who's who and you're like, oh, I think Boston Rob is the Oh, I love that. Like, you yes. can't pre-game. Like, you can't really pre-game. So, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Amber. And her husband's on the other tribe. I think that's the husband. He has an iguana head on, but I'm pretty sure that's Boston <laughs> Rob. Yeah, and then they get the clue packages. And they're all trying to guess. Yeah, and then I guess when they're voted out, does Jeff make them unmask? Of course. Take it off. Take no, it we have policies against going... that, Liana, now. <laughs> oh, yeah. We true. don't find out until they go to the edge of extinction. Then they take their masks off. Ah. Uh. That makes sense. Yeah, because you can't spoil any of the people that are still in the game. Right. The only problem oh, would be no. that they'd have to use the stupid voice modification software that they do on the Masked Singer, and so I feel like that would get very annoying very quickly when they do confessionals with that. <laughs> yeah, and they would have to talk to each other with it. Yeah. I don't know how that would work. Also, they'd get be on living on an island in a costume. They'd be so warm. Yeah, see? Yeah, but, like, imagine, like, the poor bedraggled white tiger costume after, like, 12 does it. Like, everything's all dirty and matted, covered in, like, coconut. I, the swimming challenges. They just yes. down. <laughs> <laughs> or you can float. Boy, imagine, like, you know, okay, you gotta throw rings to end the challenge, and, like, people in the monster costume, which can, like, barely swivel their heads around having to throw those rings. <laughs> I think this is TV gold. I think we just came up with a hit. I think so too. <laughs> the best reality show since Redneck Island. Yeah. <laughs> That'll yeah. be the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> but then what though the prizes will be like, okay, this is sponsored by Apple. Come and get your battery charger so we can recharge your mic packs for all the voice <laughs> modification that's going on. Yeah. Uh, uh. Or they'll bring back you win a you know a spot on another show that got canceled a long time ago, like Joe Millionaire or something like that. But you oh. still have to wear your masked singer costume. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you that follows with you no matter what now. That's, That's part just of you your now. life now. You are forever the taco. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I, now I'm imagining them like at a reward and like having to shove food into their fake mouths. <laughs> <laughs> a gross food challenge yeah exactly bring it back oh my god i think we yeah, we did create a hit now i'm so excited for what we nestled in here uh let's keep going dan Sinensky says one fire token per play on the fire token pusher machine you put your fire token into a slot in the machine and if you have good aim and timing more fire tokens come out i really like this idea of making arcade games using the fire tokens 
Yes, I would spend all my money on skee ball. <laughs> but what would like would I guess you would get tickets that you used to get more fire tokens or cash them in for advantages? Yeah, I think you get the tickets and then you save it up and you're like, crap, all I can get is this eraser because the cool thing I want is a thousand tokens. I'm never going to get that slinky. I'm not. <laughs> yes, the slinky that as soon as you you did get it and then it would just do the thing where it like folds weird yep. and then it doesn't and it work properly. It just gets properly. tangled in itself. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> Jack says each item on the fire token menu could be sponsored by a winner who's not in the cast. So one fire token gets you rat meat from Natalie White. Two fire tokens gets you scorpion juice from Mike Holloway. Five fire tokens gets you chocolate and peanut butter in honor of Jenna Maraska. Five fire tokens, you can send a letter to someone else in the game like JT. And for 100 fire tokens, you get to enter the game Chris Underwood style at the final six. <laughs> See, that's the top thing. You got to go for that. You got to get the stuffed bear, a.k.a. rejoin the game at final five. Yeah, that's really what it is, is that you take the bear's place. Like it's, it's earning you a spot in the game with whatever this prize is. No, you take the chicken space. <laughs> yeah, the chickens are just biting your place until you replace them. Right. They're placeholders. Uh, so Muhammad listed out a whole thing here, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, he actually brought up some ways to get fire tokens, which would be to make a fake immunity idol that gets found and played gets you three fire tokens. And also, he came up with this idea called the Medallion of Evil. If you're able to find it, this item allows you to cancel the loved one's visit for everyone in exchange for five fire tokens. Whoa! I just love this idea of him coming out, just being like, you know, you probably want some love right now, right? Well, you're not going to have it. Let's go to this challenge. Russell Hans would go wild over that. He would love it. I burned their uncles. <laughs> but they're only worth, what'd you say, like one fire token? Yeah, that's only so worth sad. 0.5 fire tokens, but I burned those relationships. Aww. Uh, but one, the, for one fire token, you can have a yoga session with Nora. You can have a session with Debbie. Or you could have a water token which allows you to block someone from using their fire tokens. Oh, Lord. <laughs> the earth, water, yeah. fire, air. Token. I was going to say, or, and you could have the grass fire token, which blocks the water fire token. It's like, did you guys ever watch Endurance? Speaking of other reality shows that went the way of the dodo? No. So I Endurance was, was a show for kids, and their elimination ceremony was rock, paper, scissors, but it was water, fire, wood. And so uh, one of them was like, it was like a, p a puddle of water, a thing of fire and like a tree. And they do this dramatic ceremony where when you pick the item, it would rise up from the earth to show which option you picked. And that's what this sort of reminds me of. How does wood beat water? Wood floats on water, Liana. So? It beats it. <laughs> okay. It sure. conquers it. Like water, I'm not, the, I'm the master of you. I will not sink to your limits. Got it. <laughs> logic uh for two fire tokens there's a phone and wi-fi on edge of extinction but you can't contact anyone but i'm sure they have wireless keyboards available uh, <laughs> a, sc a screening of the movie cats or jeff will always address you by your last name uh for three fire tokens you can restart the challenge if you don't like the outcome of it uh, and i love this idea that it's not just restarting it for your sake it's like i don't like this person one i'm gonna restart the challenge uh, a tie immunity idol where the idol can be played after the votes are read and only if there's a tie. Uh, and for 20 fire tokens, you can end the edge of extinction at any time. 
everyone should pool their Let's tokens pool. to pool. do that. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine like they play the fire tokens like, okay, everyone go home. That's it. It's done now. <laughs> We're done. Goodbye. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, thank you all so much. We have built out like not just a menu. I feel like it's one of those diners, like the diner from Shit's Creek. Just so many pages of menus for our fire tokens at this point. We really have a bevy to pull from here and a couple of new shows to pitch as well. The question of the week for next week. So we heard about the poker Alliance. We even got a flashback to said poker event. If you were going out for survivor, what is the least optimal thing that people would see you on before going out there? What's the thing you would not want to have your reputation be known for from a piece of pop culture? You have a bunch of ways you can reach out to us with this information. You can tweet it to us using the hashtag RHAPBNB. You can email it to us, RHAPBNB at gmail.com. Reddit, Facebook, we have drones out there surveying all before they inevitably take over show running Survivor. But for now, Corey, this was so, so much fun. I We loved getting to have you on, especially to talk about such an epic premiere and an epic episode. Hopefully it was an epic podcast to accompany for people out there. Yeah, thank you for having me. I mean, I lost all of the games, so I'm bequeathing my fire tokens to Liana so she can get <laughs> so she can get her two thousand that she's looking for. I'm so close. Then you can finally take that chicken spot on Fiji in season forty one, Liana. <laughs> yeah, that's and, all I want. And I do want to put a shout out as well to your friend and mine, Jessica Lees, who uh, had you uh, in mind uh, yes. when she popped into the Rolodex. So I'm so happy that we were able to make things connect, Corey. For people who want to check out more about what you do in life or in general, uh, what are you working on and how can people follow you on social media? Yeah. So uh, me and my best friend, Tyler, who I was on the amazing race with uh, both seasons, he and I have a podcast uh, called psycho babble. Uh, we have episodes come out every Tuesday, um, Spotify, iTunes, all that. That's pretty much all of the places you can find podcasts. So if you want to know more or check in on what uh, we've been up to uh, yeah, new episodes every Tuesday and you can kind of hop in whenever it's like, nothing's really, um numbered or or has any rhyme or reason that's why it's called psychobabble so you can pick up at any time yeah <laughs> that's so perfect very apropos for the bnb as well it's just like stumble in and answer some apple questions and then stumble your way out and you even forget exactly that you're gonna be here and how can people follow you on social media if they want to uh, keep up um, with any musings uh, you have yeah and i'm um at Corey cool it's k-o-r-e-y-k-u-h-l on twitter and instagram liana what do you have going on yeah, so what am I doing? This show, obviously, I'm here right now. Uh, I'm also covering The Mass Singer with Puya. So he and I talked about the last episode. I had lots of feelings and I spoke those feelings. So check that out. Uh, other people have been reaching out to me about the Lego Masters coverage that we did. So that was just a one-off podcast for the premiere. But my sister and I will probably try to be back at some point during the season to do an update, maybe around the middle of the season or towards the end. I just have a lot going on. So unfortunately, that's not happening. But we will be back at least at some point to sort of wrap everything up. And then RuPaul's Drag Race is going to be coming back soon. So I'm going to be getting together with Brent Walgmont. And I'm super happy to announce Amon Adwin Woo! is going to be joining us as our third. And we're going to be doing a preview podcast at some point in the next week. So that's something to look out for as well. Hooray. I cannot believe that Drag Race is premiering at the end of this month. It really does seem like everything's happening at once right now for reality television. It's a lot. It's a lot for sure. <laughs> so you can keep up with me and all of these things. Uh, at Liana Boris is my social media. So I'm doing a lot. 
as well. Uh, when it comes to Survivor stuff, I have started doing my weekly coverage and something really special that I'm doing for Parade. Because of the end of, of the Edge of Extinction, there are no exit press and no exit interviews that are going on aside from what Yule's putting on Twit longer. So what I've been doing is a special series where every time a winner's voted out, I'm going to interview someone who played with that person on their winning season to get their thoughts about the game that they played, uh, you know, how their playing styles might have changed between seasons, etc. So I got up to a great start with two really good interviews. One was with Reed from Survivor San Mundo Sor talking about Natalie Anderson and Lex Vandenberg from Survivor Africa and All Stars talking about how Amber did. And of course, he got in some uh, comments about Rob and Ethan as well. Never in my life thought I'd, I'd ever talk to Lex in any way, shape, or form, but I'm so grateful and happy that I was able to do that. So I'm going to keep working on that. I have a couple of other Survivor things in the hopper this week as well, including an interview with Ethan Zahn that was conducted preseason about his journey through cancer and onto Survivor that, again, someone I never expected I would talk to in my life, and I'm just so awestruck that I still get to do that. Uh, I'm going to actually talk with Nora from season 39 about some uh, some health and lifestyle stuff as well, oh. considering that that is what she does for a living, too. So, so much stuff on Survivor. I'm also writing about Australian Survivor over on True Dork Times because I am crazy. But that is going strong. That's been a lot of fun. I'm covering Picard and Lost over on Post Show Recaps as well. You can find everything I'm doing over at a Mike Bloom type. It is an absolutely bananas time to be alive and be a reality TV fan right now. But man, am I so excited. This is really just running on pure adrenaline before we all collapse collectively in May and we have to use the summer to recuperate. <laughs> yeah, but then it's Big Brother. But that's okay. I think we'll be fine. Well, Big and Brother Drag says... All -Stars. And Drag Race, yeah. Big, it, and wait, is All-Stars... Is it going to be this summer? It's going to... They're supposed to be back-to-back -back like they usually do. So I saw but it was flipped. like a July... A July, yeah, flip. But a July <sighs> premiere is what I heard. Oh, Lordy. Okay. I can do it. I, can I was going to say, if you just, I mean, in Big Brother fashion, you could just sleep through the first half of the season and then come back for the rest. But listen, it's a great time to be a reality TV fan. And we are counting our blessings like we're counting the fire tokens in our little color coded statue. So, yeah, this this was so much fun. I'm so excited for this season now that it's actually here and delivered on such a killer premiere. I have no idea where we go from here, but. We'll get into whatever comes our way next week with our good friend Megan Z is going to be making her return to the BNB. Super excited to reconnect with Megan. I'm sure we have plenty more stuff to talk about as the Edge of Extinction grows and this cast, you know, slims down but also gets replaced by chickens periodically as well. If you have ideas for the BNB, please make sure to send them in. You can either tweet them to us or you can email them to this. Thanks to uh, Tricky Rice. Is that right, Leona, the person who sent you the, the voting confessional game? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, so we've gotten a couple of games as well, and we are super grateful for it. This has just been, this is a lot of fun to celebrate a very fun season of Survivor. So really, send us anything you want to talk about, anything under the sun and even outside of the sun in the solar system. And we're probably going to talk about it. Uh, so you can email us again, rhapbnb at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this episode of the B&B. Special thanks to Scott St. Pierre, behind the scenes, our head writer, Paul Osselson, and our theme song from the great Wolf from America. We'll be back next week with Megan Z breaking down week two of Survivor Winners at War. Corey, thank you so much for coming on. Liana, great job as per usual, but we'll check you all out at your next stay. Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games. You better pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that awesome.
sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R H A P B M B. Mike and me on a yada playing some games. Gotta pray to your mama that they're not super late. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R H A P B M B. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com, available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic. When I can, I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.